and I'm ready, so come on, baby. Welcome to Popcorn Martini Soup, a movie podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Anna. And we're your hosts, here to hang out. And we always end up talking about movies. Usually over a couple of martinis. Or a warm bowl of soup. And it is less than a week until Halloween, so we are very excited about spooky season. We are in yeah. full fall mode here. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Okay, so it's funny that we say spooky season and that we're excited. I think we're more excited about the cozy aspects of this season <laughs> and the costumes. Um, in terms of films, uh, I think some of the people that know well about both of us will call out call us out on how we're not spooky people in terms of films, in terms of the <laughs> horror genre. Um, yes. And we kind of wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I think exploring like the history that we have with horror and kind of what has made us into the kinds of people who are not horror people mm-hmm. um, and who actually kind of shy away from horror as a genre and horror movies, I think for maybe particular reasons, but for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, I think is actually kind of interesting. And, and we both have been talking about how we want to get better and we want to explore horror a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and like, how do we go about dipping our toes in in the right way, in a way that is not going to further traumatize us? Yeah. So yeah, I feel like this could be an interesting exploration of like, what causes someone to shy away from horror um, and like how do you sort of get to where we are and then how do you come out of that how do you like become a person who maybe enjoys exploring it a little more for sure every time spooky season comes around I'm like I want to experience it all not just the costume and walking around the neighborhoods and the Halloween parties but Mm -hmm. go to like haunted houses and stuff and like actually get the adrenaline of watching a horror movie um but i never quite get around to the jump scares and the (laughs) and the horror movies um so agreed that i i also really want to just dip into that a little bit more let's get into it sure All right, Jess, I want to know all your early horror trauma that <laughs> really got you. <laughs> oh, God. Like, because I, I, I have a lot of those. I mean, I think we all do, right? Where as a kid or, you know, as a teenager, like you saw that horror movie that really keeps you away from the genre and the door mm-hmm. has closed. Um, and it's so hard to get back into it, even though you kind of want to. Uh so yeah, tell me about that experience. What, what was your movie? <laughs> um, I guess I maybe had two that kind of closed that door for me for a while and actually firmly put me in the camp of, I don't need to go there. Like, I do not mm. need to explore this world. This is not for me. Um, okay. And funny enough, like neither of them are actually horror movies. So the first, my first experience with this kind of, the like elements of the genre, I guess, that really stuck with me is Signs, the Mel Gibson movie from 2002. Uh, which you might be thinking that is absolutely not a horror movie and you would be correct Um, it's like a (laughs) sci-fi drama basically it's it's kind of about these I mean signs that are left on this farm um, that make the family who lives there think that there's something more going on Um, and spoiler alert for a movie from 2002 it's aliens there are aliens in the movie or like alien type creatures. I think that despite the fact that this is not a horror movie, it uses some elements of horror in it. 
Right. And I saw this when I was probably like a little young for it. It's rated PG-13 and I was definitely younger than 13 when I saw it. They showed it in school for some reason. Could not tell you why. Yep. No idea what class it was for. No idea why we were watching this in school, but they put it on in elementary school. There's a moment in the movie where you see the like alien creature thing standing Mm -hmm. over the shoulder of one of the characters um i'm pretty sure it's abigail breslin's character as she she like turns off the tv the screen goes black and you see the creature like standing behind her shoulder in the reflection of the tv (sighs) yeah and that moment i like (laughs) could not look at a dark tv screen in a room by myself for months after seeing that because I was like I am sure there is going to be something behind me it was one of those things that just like etched itself in my brain um you know like if you were the type of kid who when you used to like hang out in the basement and you were going upstairs you turned the light off and ran because you didn't want to be alone in the dark in the basement yeah I was one of those and like this made that so much worse because we had a tv in the basement and I was like the tv goes off I run the light goes off I book it up the stairs yeah because I can't be alone in this space because there's gonna be something down there which Aww. is totally irrational. I mean, it, it makes sense. I, I'm sure that so many people can relate to that. I mean, that sounds like that. That's that's horror. <laughs> it, I mean, especially to like a literal child who is already. I wasn't like afraid of the dark, but I was afraid of certain spaces in the dark. Mm. Um, and so it just really amplified that idea of like, you can't see everything all the time and you don't know if there's something going on behind you, but that yeah. is a perfect like mirror to show you and you will be startled and terrified. Yeah. So that was an elementary school for you. Like, yeah. did you explore at all after that with like horror or? Oh God, no. No, no, absolutely not. It was kind of well understood for me that like, this is not my thing. I am not interested. Um, I didn't really feel the need. Like I, I was watching like feel good fun movies at that time. I didn't really feel the need to like right. explore kind of the darker stuff and make my weird like irrational fears or my like crazy dreams any worse Mm, because I was always a very vivid dreamer as a kid and when you add horror into like the spaces in your brain that provoke dreams you get nightmares and I just like didn't need to make those worse I feel like when I was younger all of these kinds of movies were I don't want to say like imposed upon me because that sounds bad but (laughs) they they were not my choice It, it was happening around me and I was part of it Um, I remember, too, when I got a little bit older, kind of like middle school. I mean, the movie came out in 2007, so I guess that would have been not too long after it came out. So maybe I was in like Mm -hmm. the eighth grade or something. Um, I was with a friend. We went up to um, a cabin to stay with her family, and they decided they wanted to watch kind of a scary movie in this cabin in the woods. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Which is already like, oh, God. I'm not yeah. ready for this. And again, the movie they chose is not a horror movie, but it is like a thriller. It's definitely even darker, I think, than Signs. I was probably like 13 when I watched this. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. We watched Mr. Brooks, which is a Kevin Costner mm-hmm. movie. And it's funny because at times it's like completely weird and unhinged because Dane Cook is in the movie and Dane Cook like really kind of takes you out of the like dark thriller vibes of it all he I think is meant to be a little bit of comic relief but then because he's Dane Cook he like takes it a little too far but also I don't know like Kevin Costner is pretty creepy Demi Moore is in it there's this like 
daughter character played by Danielle Panabaker who has a scene that really freaks me out and it just it was one of those movies that's such a like low foreboding tension and then ends in violence and there's this like violent scene that I was like you know when you get intrusive thoughts and you're like what if I you're like standing on a bridge or something you're like what would happen if I just like dropped my phone off this bridge or Mm, if I just like you know did something totally insane and it's an intrusive thought that you're like okay yeah clearly I'm not gonna do that but your brain is like chattering in the background what if what if um there's a scene in this movie that became an intrusive thought for me that I had never had before that was like Mm. well what if you just did this and it was like very violent and I was like oh god now I can't not think about this so it just added like a new fear to my brain for no reason and of course watching it in the context of like being in a cabin in the woods where we were like sleeping in bunk beds in this little like shed basically it was really really got to me does it come back to you a lot it did for like a couple of mm, I was gonna say months maybe even years Mm. um I would sort of have that kind of intrusive thought or memory for a while but I have managed to shed it since thank goodness (laughs) but I remember that that was like that was the kind of thing that was like, okay, now I have been reminded and like really it it brought it back up again that I do not need to be watching these movies because it, there are things that come out of them that I cannot let go of. For some reason, mm. my brain will just like latch on to one of these moments. It will take that moment and play it over and over in my head in scenarios that replicate what I'm doing or like the life I'm living right now. My brain apparently just like hates me and hates horror and like puts those two <laughs> things together all the time. So... Oh, boy. That early exposure really taught me that these kinds of movies are not for me because I cannot let go of them. That's hard. It is. Yeah. And I think that, like, had I handled them better, I mean, not that I was consciously not handling them well. It was really, Mm -hmm. like, my brain just running away from me. But had I handled that stuff better, I think that I would have been a lot more willing to explore horror from a younger age. I really just, like, I latched onto those things and I knew that I didn't need to make it worse for myself but I think that you like spent some time actually trying to explore horror when you were younger right? I guess so a little bit I I mean something about horror when you're in elementary school or middle school or whatever when you're younger there's there's always that conversation of oh have you seen that absolutely mm-hmm. horrifying horror movie that just came out or you mm-hmm. know there, there's always that chatter around horror being like like the scariest movie or um it's actually not that scary but there's a certain scene that really gets yeah. you or you know like that kind of conversation is a part of the horror entertainment of it and so I definitely totally. like leaned into that and actually I will a little bit like expose myself on like very <laughs> very very early um actually when I was like preschool oh, um, God. completely not related to horror at all but okay. something that horrified me was the Jim Carrey movie The Mask (laughs) (laughs) okay say more and it lingered for I don't know like you telling me about the way something just like latching on and lingering Mm -hmm. um reminded me of this that it stayed for like past kindergarten like elementary school too like there was something about 
even masks like when I when I used to go to places where there are masks that are hanging on the wall I used to be scared of them I think there was this fear that if you put it on your face you lose control which is the Mm -hmm. understanding I got like I didn't understand the movie at all I was way too small but I knew that this person got green and I was also scared (laughs) of green faces So when I watched, yeah, when I I couldn't watch um, like Wizard of Oz with uh, the Mm. Wicked Witch of the West scenes, Mm -hmm. I used to be just terrified. So um, do you know where that like specific fear of green faces came from? I I think it is from the mask. Like I think the, yeah. And, and, you know, that fear kind of still does linger on I mean we're gonna talk about a couple movies where where um I have a big fear of certain faces or bodies that Mm. are formed in an irregular haunted way Mm. that uh, just it's so unsettling to me and I think I think I think like (laughs) <laughs> I think the mask like did that for me especially since like as a kid again I had no idea what was going on and this yeah. man's just like facial expressions were really freaking me out I think it's kind of similar to the fear of like people having a fear of clowns and stuff this, it's like, like this is not natural expression. it's like kind of uncanny exactly exactly <laughs> me trying to rationalize a comedy <laughs> <laughs> that traumatized me as a child listen we're talking about horror and we have not covered a single horror movie so far i know exactly i know yeah okay we will horror fans i will get us back on track um the actual horror movie (laughs) that i've seen um that really scarred me was the exorcist from 1973 Mm. i know there's so many different versions and a series now and all that but the the original this i mean i know that like body contortion is a form of performing arts and I respect it and it's amazing (laughs) but when it is combined with the genre of horror films I am out the door so fast like it is it's a hard no for me yeah it's so unsettling the the moment have you you haven't seen the exorcist no god no okay okay I don't know (laughs) yeah Um, but there, there's a moment where, where she um, comes down the stairs, like backflip and just right. screams. I've seen and... the um, the gifs, the images. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm aware of the scene that you're referring to. Yeah. Like it's, it's so silly. It's so mechanical looking. But I think that's also part of it too, that something that looks so mechanical and strange and just not, not of this world <laughs> I don't know um oh it really really freaked me out like mm-hmm. I was so unsettled and so I think I steer clear of anything that has I don't know if I was gonna say body horror but body horror is different like I, I feel like that's not the right term I'm using to describe mm-hmm. that kind of because we've seen Titan, mm-hmm. which is body horror yeah, and that's that's we both, very different. Yeah, we both sat through that, I think, quite well. And it does feel like a different genre of horror from what The Exorcist is doing, even though it is like body ma- manipulation that is yeah. really freaky. It, it doesn't feel like it belongs in, yeah, quite that same category. Yeah, I so I mean, The Exorcist is always going to come up for me as all time scary, scary horror I mean, movie. Understandably. <laughs> 
But it's funny because in in high school, I did have a phase of watching a bunch of really, I worry to say bad because some of these are (laughs) classics, but some actually really, really bad horror movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I've done the, like, seen the It movies and like the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, the I've seen all the paranormal activities, Blair Witch Project, Insidious, like this is more like recent, but like Insidious and The Orphan. There's a new Orphan movie coming out for some reason. I don't know who asked for that. I heard it was great. Uh, Okay, well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) But I've seen seen quite a bit. You've seen a lot of the like tentpole, these are the horror movies to watch. Yeah, and like yeah. I remember when as you were saying with um horror movie as like part of the discourse and like part of the cultural conversation I remember mm-hmm. when paranormal activity first came out and everybody was like oh my god you have never seen a horror movie like this and I was like exactly this is horrifying I mean that's the point <laughs> but like this is like hitting a lot of personal buttons that I will not be engaging with so I will not yeah. see this movie like but that is one of the ones that was so culturally relevant and so big at the time that everybody was talking about it so it sounds like you've seen a lot of those kinds of horror movies I over have. the last little while what drew you to go see those despite having had some like really uncomfortable horror experiences when you were a little younger I think I do have a little bit of an interest in that adrenaline junkie mm. <laughs> like looking for something that like really scares me and it's and it's temporary too like some of the, the movies that I've mentioned actually none of them have really lingered with me like mm. some of these movies I'm sorry the most recent it movies are horrendous they're a joke <laughs> like it's they're not they're not scary I've heard about like the nun as well which I wanted to mention about the conjuring which is oh gosh a whole separate thing but the whole conjuring universe I guess that I heard mm. that the nun is like actually like complete joke like you know yes there's jump scares but they're really cheap horror and and no real kind of story or context around it it's really just the sake of freaking you out um so none none of these have like really lingered or stuck with me all that to say I mean that's kind of contradicting because The Conjuring the first one in 2013 is alongside The Exorcist like all-time traumatizing experience for me (laughs) I don't think I slept for like weeks after seeing that movie um yeah anything that tugs on your like legs in bed (laughs) Mm, is mm -mm. a no right yeah any kind of like hide and seek and stuff with like a demon I think demonic stuff (laughs) is like out the door (laughs) like I don't, yeah, and and getting possessed and all that is is too much, is too much. But yeah, yeah sorry, going back to your point, like, yeah, a, a lot of these aren't really, I, I don't consider them as, like, really great storytelling. They are just kind of shock value type movies. Mm. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I think that's part of, I don't want to make excuses, but, like, that is a huge barrier to not seeking the horror movies that actually are really good at the storytellings and have so much context and depth right. to them. So, um, No, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think that now that you're a little bit more engaged with the quote-unquote film world and you have the opportunity to like hear a little bit more about these kinds of movies before you necessarily have to like make a decision to go in and see it. Do you feel like you're getting a better balance? And we'll get into this as we talk about some of the movies that we're moving into in our like more adult years to Mm -hmm. explore horror. But do you think that you now are able to discern like, okay, this is a horror movie 
that is not relying on you know jump scares or kind of Mm -hmm. those old tired practices that is you know changing the genre or or redefining what horror could be and are you seeking those out or do you still find that sometimes it's like okay a horror movie is pitched as a horror movie and it's really hard to tell going in if it's going to be like relying on tired old tropes or if it's going to be changing the game I think it's really I don't know if this answers your question actually but (laughs) I think it's really challenging to seek out the ones that have something to say in the mo- in the horror movies yeah and that's what keeps me keeps me away from it now really wanting to explore more different kinds of films mm-hmm. yeah I want to I, I I do want to push that boundary a little bit more for myself and all that to say I think even the jump scares could be used as a tool just as I I'm not against the fact that that being entertainment because it is part of entertainment. I think Mm -hmm. there's so much that could be done of just it it kind of feels like a ride. It kind of feels like um, sure there's a story to it, but it's a lot of fun, too. And I'm not really disregarding that. In fact, like I think the most recent example could be like a quiet place where, you know, Mm -hmm. everything is just like you have to be silent and like it's a it's a whole experience as a movie theater goer and i love that and i had a great time watching that too so i'm i'm open to those as well <laughs> it's just the amount of times i can do that in a year is extremely mm-hmm. limited <laughs> um you really have to find the right ones the the ones that are going to hit that sort of adrenaline button for you while still bringing something new still saying something yeah. about you know the world that they're building or the characters that they're exploring i do acknowledge though that this was i think back in high school i think i was in ninth grade um i actually did see the orphan in theaters when it came out with a friend who was also like she was really obsessed with horror so i think she her and i were on this like horror high where we were watching like saw and like the hostel and like all the gory stuff that I didn't actually (laughs) want to watch but I did so we went to see The Orphan and I remember coming out of that movie theater so disturbed Mm. including the audience reaction of cheering on this spoiler alert but this mom kicking the hell out of this child and the, <laughs> the crowd was like yeah let's go like I was like so disturbed by that whole situation too mm-hmm. but in reality my friend and I were talking about that movie like for so long after seeing yeah. it because we were like that was so gross and like but it was so fun and it was it was like it was it was it was entertaining and we do end up talking about it quite a bit afterwards by how bad it was or how gross it was or whatever and I don't want to you know I don't want to discount that that's part of the experience of horror I do I do respect that um it's just I can't I can't justify doing that all the time (laughs) so no that's yes that's so fair it's uh it's the kind of experience that if you are if your adrenaline is triggered by it it like takes a lot out of you to go you're having Mm -hmm. a great time while you're in it and then you come out and you're like totally drained and exhausted so it makes sense that you need to keep those visits to a minimum you gotta go see horror movies with the right friend Mm. you gotta see it with the right people i think it really does change the experience you're like completely no to like some of the movies i just like listed out right some of the ones you just said yeah absolutely i've had this conversation with our friend joey um who is a big proponent of horror movies where there's like a specific kind of horror that i refuse to do there's this kind of subgenre of horror 
that is like domestic that mm. it takes place like in your family or in your home it's maybe not entirely realistic because sometimes it's demons and sometimes it's stuff like that but where mm. it's like a creeping out from under your bed or a creeping in your own home in like the space that is supposed to be safest and like comforting right that i refuse to let those movies ruin that for me because i know mm. that they will there's like having lived in my own brain for 28 years I know that like those kinds of movies will ruin that space for me and I'm not willing to cede that space to them if we're looking at something like Ari Aster's Midsummer um or Midsommar that the beginning takes place within the home but then it moves to this like completely different environment and Mm -hmm. it's so far removed from like what I think of as like the comfort of my own space that Mm -hmm. I'm a lot more willing to explore within that kind of space because that is not directly threatening like my peace when I am not watching the movie you know does that make sense yeah for sure did you watch Midsommar yeah okay let's talk about that so what'd you think about Midsommar I was surprised by how much I did enjoy it just because this was the first movie that I'd seen in a while that you could classify as horror and so I was like I was nervous going into it and when it opened in the house I was like oh god what have I gotten myself into right right but knowing that like I said that it takes place in this other space it at this like midsummer festival having sort of gotten a sense of it from other people who had seen it I felt like I was as prepared as I could be to have a sense of what I was getting myself into and to know that it wasn't the kind of horror movie that would really like dig into my brain mm-hmm. and stay there forever mm-hmm. um is that which is, is that why say, you watch it sorry i i was just curious like why why did you why did you want to <laughs> see this like because you've just been like no to horror completely but no, i was bullied into it by joey okay 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 i was like what <laughs> what was it actually that got you watching Joey has been bullying me for a very long time to bullying in the nicest way. Joey is not a a mean person Um, to try to like expand my horror horizons. Mm -hmm. And he sort of has put put out a few movies over the last few years that are like, okay, well, you could try this one. And I would sort of look it up and be like, "Mm, no, yeah, this one's not for me. Or, you know, you could try this one and maybe maybe I'll watch it at home when like I don't have to be in a theater and like have this be all encompassing. I can take breaks. Um, And then when he pitched this one, when he pitched Midsommar, I was like, okay, that actually looks like something I could do because it doesn't look like the kind of horror movie that I have been scarred by in the past. It Mm -hmm. looks very different. I think that the the really bright, vibrant cinematography helped because I'm not really like a dark and spooky and jump scare type person. Whereas this feels very different even from the trailer, right? Like it, yeah. it does give off a horror vibe for sure, but it's a different kind of horror. You really liked this one, didn't you? I, well, n- not, no, yeah. You like um, the script. You like the writing of this one. Yeah, yeah. So I think... Going back to sort of the why would you watch this thing? I mean, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, asking myself that. um, At this point, I've already been lured into this kind of genre, like a subgenre of horror um, by watching Suspiria. And, you know, Suspiria was like truly like an awakening moment for me of, (laughs) you know, for the millionth time, the I'm a girl and I'm insane universe and Dakota mm-hmm. Johnson who's in Suspiria is just completely embraces chaotic insane girl energy in a mm-hmm. horror and gore way and embraces being a witch 
and I was obsessed with it. <laughs> um, so, so the timing of Ari Aster's Midsommar getting announced and the storyline of it, the fact that Florence Pugh was going to be in it. And mm-hmm. I remember the script um, got leaked. This was when I was still working in the film industry. So this was one of the films that I worked on for like marketing and stuff and um I remember we immediately were like oh my god the the script got leaked and I just went right into it and read the whole thing and I was obsessed it I mean Ari Aster's writing I think maybe it's a controversial opinion but I think his writing is better than his filmmaking Mm. um I don't want him to hate hate me (laughs) like I don't (laughs) not that he's ever gonna hear this but like I yeah I do love his his work but his writing just takes it up a whole to a whole new level from what you see on screen is how I felt Mm. so it's hard to say because I literally have Flo's huge face poster uh, from Midsommar on my right by my bed um, because it's so beautiful it's a beautiful film but yeah it wasn't like it doesn't go to like my all-time favorite horror movie per se right yeah. Had you seen Hereditary before you saw this? No. So I knew about Hereditary and I do this thing where I'm similar. I research kind of like what the content is and if I can push myself to watch it or not. I ask my mm-hmm. friends who have seen it and just I tell them, you have to be honest with me. You cannot trick me into watching a movie. <laughs> I will hate you forever. Um, and they've told me about this specific like a couple specific scenes um of Tony Collette that I know I'm not gonna love like there's there's moments mm. where she's like crawling in the corner of the bed and things like that like I, I can't even describing that it gives me goosebumps um, <laughs> um so I haven't seen it I don't think I ever will because of those moments yeah. but I really do want to see it I have not stopped talking about how I really do want to watch Hereditary. I have read the script. The script mm-hmm. is amazing as well. Like, it's so good. Yeah. So is it something, if you love the script, is it something about, you can visualize it as you're reading it, but actually having it put on screen in front of you where mm. you can't escape it? Like, is that the thing that is holding you back? That you can't, you don't want to see the visuals actually come to life? Well, You know when you say that anything that you imagine is probably a billion times worse than what it actually Mm -hmm. is? And that's actually true. Like when I read Midsommar, for example, and there's a lot of quite brutal scenes in in the film, but when I saw it actually on screen, a lot of it was very fake looking and not as Mm. bad as I imagined it in my head. It was a lot worse. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that's the case. But with Hereditary, there's a specific moment I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, I guess. <laughs> but there's auditory things to it. And mm. I don't think I can I can get that out of my head. I don't think it's really yeah. the visual. I think it's just the sounds that will freak me out and I won't be able to sleep. <laughs> so That makes sense. I mean, sound is like if you can use sound properly or or to great effect in your horror movie, that is one of the best tools at your disposal because Mm -hmm. I think you're right like I I do think that that's an accurate statement that what you are imagining visually is going to be scarier than what they can actually put to film Mm -hmm. 
but your mind doesn't at least my mind doesn't run away with sound the way that it runs away with visuals and so to use sound to make everything so much more heightened and so much worse is not something that I usually go in expecting and so it's always that much more impactful and I think some of the great horror directors that we have are very very smart about how they use sound like I think Jordan Peele is a great example he's very smart about so many things and like pushing Mm -hmm. horror boundaries in a lot of ways but I think that his use of sound is so smart and and so it like gets into your bones and causes that physical reaction that like speeds your heart up or makes your stomach drop or whatever that yeah um is is hard to accomplish I think in other ways for sure I think that's why like going back to what you were saying when your early childhood and a couple of the movies that you know we've mentioned that aren't necessarily horror that has stuck with us It doesn't actually take too much to have that lingering, terrifying moment Mm. that sticks with you with your whole life. Like, it really isn't the jump scares, as I mentioned earlier. Mm. It really is those subtle moments, and it doesn't take too much to, yeah, like, have an impact. And Jordan Peele is really, really good at, at doing that, those subtle kind of moments that stick with you and you keep thinking about it over and over again Mm -hmm. and I think for for me and I'm sure so many people too like Jordan Peele's Get Out and then followed with Us like and Us was 2019 Midsommar I think was 2019 um and Suspiria like this that was really the year for me when some of these like subgenres of horror that opens up a whole like audience to be able to tip into tip their toes into um were happening for me and I was like hold on okay if this is the case then like maybe I want to explore and get into horror a little bit more Mm. horror films are are really interesting and like I really want to get into them because it has like it does have such a deep history to it as well the way that it reflects like our world and and societal fear and there's you know social political commentaries that reflect in genres like like particularly like zombie movies and stuff too like it's been around Mm -hmm. for so long and um I remember I can't remember what podcast I was listening to but just talking about the history of horror and the and the patterns where zombie genres or you know the vampire genres like like very specific genres within horror that surges mm-hmm. as a pattern in as a reflection to what's happening to the world is right. really really interesting and that's something i really want to do a deep dive on um i'm just yeah, i think it's fascinating scared. the way like <laughs> Yeah, I think it's fascinating the way horror is used to process like a a cultural grief or a cultural fear. Um, And it's you do see the way that filmmakers will fall into these trends um, that speak to whatever is like in the public consciousness. Mm -hmm. And okay, so how do we interpret that in a way that is not literal? we're not trying to make a make a sort of on the surface response but we're taking those fears down to their most base instinct turning that into art through horror 
which yeah. is really fascinating. Yeah, so I don't want to I don't want to miss miss out on those. I feel like I'm missing out yeah. so much because of my fear and I think movies like like Midsommar and, you know, the Jordan Peele movies and so on like have really helped me be like, like handheld me to being like mm. it's okay. There are there are movies like this that actually is a lot more than just the jump scares. If you just get over that that part of it, which is a huge part to both of our fears, but um, there's a story behind it. And even, I mean, we mentioned about Titan and we have talked about it already, so I don't want to get into it again, but like the tender relationship and the story between these two characters we see in that, like that that was such a weird and unique <laughs> love story that we saw, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was so specific to that movie and its genre. And yeah we wouldn't have been able to experience it if we didn't push ourselves to do that. And it, I like, we would have been missing out, you know? So I can't even mm-hmm. imagine the amount of great content out there that I'm missing out on. And I think that is what gives me a bit of courage to be like, you're okay. You, there's going to be something good at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel. It will be know. worthwhile to push through it. One of the other ways and this is it's maybe a little bit a reaction to the times and what's happening um but i think it's also speaking to this happens with every generation where like the generation above doesn't understand what's happening with the generation below them mm-hmm. they don't get them they're not tuned into what's happening it makes yeah. makes everybody feel old because you like don't know what's what the references are i watched bodies 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 earlier this month finally oh, yeah. um which is also like not a horror it's really more like a thriller but it does play with some of those like traditional horror elements but it's it's really like playing into so many of the gen z stereotypes and Mm -hmm. so many of the things that people talk down um about gen z for um it's playing with this idea of the things that gen z has made their quote-unquote culture as teenagers and 20 somethings i mean the tagline mm-hmm. is this is not a safe space mm-hmm. right which is poking mm-hmm. fun at the idea of like we need to be creating safe spaces for people based on their you know yeah. different identities and everything yeah and there are so many of those kinds of moments and quips in this movie that when you sit down and watch it you have moments of like ooh tension like i can feel you know there's something coming and they use all of the like traditional horror elements to build those moments up And then they're broken by these funny jokes or these like quips or Mm -hmm. these moments that you're like, oh, my God, like I see this in the Gen Z people around me and I have to laugh at it. I think similarly, like with the blackening, which we talked about in the TIFF episode, you you have that balance of these really traditional, long held horror tropes or moments that sort of every horror movie feels like it needs to hit if you want to be like a traditional horror movie. And then those moments are all broken up by like genuine comedy. I think the horror comedy is maybe my like sweet spot entrance into this because I have really enjoyed those kinds of movies. Mm. And I think that the way that it balances, okay, so yeah, you're going to be scared for a minute. Yeah, there's something that might like be really gross or creepy, but you get it balanced almost right away by something funny. And I really like that we're getting kind of this surge of that kind of movie, the horror satire, horror comedy, because I think it it does make it a lot easier for someone who is not used to sitting in that discomfort for two hours. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I talked a lot about the the possession stuff being really scary to me and mm-hmm. um 
going outside of horror entirely, maybe not entirely. We touched on like thrillers um, that borrows from horror elements. But mm-hmm. I kind of re- just really quickly wanted to bring up this one movie, and it's called Vivarium, which has Jesse Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots oh, okay. as the leads. And part of the reason why I wanted to just briefly bring this up was because this is like mystery thriller slash sci-fi. Um, it's mm. it's not horror, but this was probably the most recent movie I've seen since watching The Conjuring, where I couldn't sleep for days and days and days, <laughs> and oh. partially is. It's because you, you've you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? I think I've yes. talked about this with you, that for those of you who have seen it, there's a moment where Elijah Wood's face flips in like a dream sequence or so- something like that. And that was probably a terror, like one of the most terrifying scenes, <laughs> even though the movie's not scary at all. Um, <laughs> but Vivarium has very similar things and elements mm. to that it's very twilight zone energy there's no jump scares whatsoever there's nothing there's nothing actually horror about it and yet it's constantly uncomfortable like the tone mm. is <laughs> really eerie um and there's a moment when there's a little child that sounds like an older man or uh, other way around maybe i clearly i've deleted this out of my mind Um, (laughs) probably for your own mental safety yeah yeah just i don't know i i just wanted to bring that up as some something that was just kind of fascinating as what a weird what a weird moment or feeling i guess that like we get we get irrationally afraid of and it's not just horror i guess that really creeps up to you and traumatizes you you know yeah there's something about like a world that is not quite right that Mm -hmm. seems like it could be but there are these small elements that are off that just set you on edge you're immediately like shoulders up and clenched and everything is so much more what's the word I'm looking for everything that follows is so much more unsettling because you are already prepared for something bigger to happen because of all of these weird little things that set you off along the way. Yeah. And that feels like that kind of like uncanny, oh, everything is just off enough yeah. that I am immediately uncomfortable. And what a tension to hold people in for like a whole movie. That's exactly an exhausting experience. It's so exhausting. And part of the reason why I watched this was because there was no, like even if you watch the trailer, there's no sense of horror attached to it. It doesn't really mm. look that scary. Um, it looks really interesting because it feels like a dystopian kind of world that they live in. Um, and, and I'm kind of always drawn to that kind of setting as well. And Imogen and Jesse has done a couple other movies that I've seen um, prior to this that I really loved, their energy. So I was like, yeah, I I could not wait to see this movie. And that is the reason why I don't think I have explored enough of horror because there's that Mm. that happens where I'm like, I got absolutely nothing out of this. It, It was a it was a good I think it was a good movie. I don't know. I could not even tell you. But it's it's not a bad movie. But fear is all that le- that's left with me and I I don't like right. that. I can't I can't handle that. And there's just too many of that. So someone please filter it and share it with us. <laughs> Are you the kind of person who will read like an entire plot synopsis on Wikipedia before 
committing to a movie. Movies in general or horror movies? Horror movies specifically. Horror movies, I do. Yeah. I also ask around and see if my friends have seen it so I can kind of because I have a checklist of things that I definitely want to see don't don't want to see um you know face flipping and like right so so I go through (laughs) a couple of immediate outs exactly yeah I go through that and just make sure that none of that is in there and then Mm -hmm. kind of go into it yeah how about you I I was just I was thinking about that recently because I listened to the episode of the big picture where they basically explain the entire plot of barbarian Mm. which came out not that long ago i just think that that is such a great service that they provided me with that movie (laughs) because i had been hearing about barbarian from so many people and i was like okay everybody seems to be really having a good time with this movie they're talking about how you think it's going one way and then it swerves and it goes a completely different direction. There were so many things that were coming up in other people's conversations and reviews that I was really intrigued by. But I also, from the idea of the premise, I was like, this takes place in an Airbnb, which is like just a little too close to a home. <laughs> yeah. And I stay in Airbnbs and like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Right. And so the big picture did a, a whole episode where they basically just explain the plot of Barbarian to one of the hosts, Amanda. And I was like, this is exactly how I needed to consume this movie because right. I get all of the interesting choices and I get to hear about like the plot details and why they think the director made this kind of choice and how right. that is like really interesting for horror without actually having to sit through and experience the horror for myself. Yeah. Because that's the thing is I love the stories. I think the stories are That's so such interesting. That's a great point. Yeah. I think that the people who are doing cool things with horror are like writing in such interesting ways mm-hmm. and coming up with um, really innovative plots. Yeah. And I want to know all about them, but I do not want to sit through like the visuals and the sound, the music yeah. and the noise. And this was such a great way to do that. I love that. That's such a great point. There is other mediums to ways for us to enjoy horror movies without watching them which is great (laughs) (laughs) and I get that like you know for a purist that's not not going to cut it and I am missing out on the cinematography and yeah I absolutely understand that the people Mm -hmm. who put that work in deserve to be recognized but also I am a wuss and some of these things just will not fly but I am so curious about them yeah so yeah true here's like maybe a last question for you okay how do you how do you feel about like aliens i know you mentioned about like signs Mm. and and aliens and stuff but like i'm i'm talking i'm thinking about like the the ridley scott you know aliens that's a great question i think that aliens are an avenue that i could feasibly explore because i like sci-fi that deals with aliens Mm and aliens are removed enough at least for now from Mm -hmm. the reality of our world Mm -hmm. that that's not like a rational fear um i think that i haven't done enough exploring of alien movies but that it's something that i would be interested in yeah do you watch a lot of alien movies no not really they're like i don't think I've watched Aliens, and I've also seen Prometheus as well. I did not like mm-hmm. Prometheus. Um, mm. But did you not like it because of, like, what were the elements of it that made you dislike it? Yeah, I think it, it was just too much too much horror elements to it. 
Okay. Okay. It it overshadowed the the story for me, and um, mm. which I don't think it was even that good, to be honest. I don't need to do a deep a deep dive of Prometheus, but <laughs> but um, I did like the the alien movie, like the mm. older ones. Um, that was like my dad's actually, actually my dad's favorite movies and he used to make me watch it with him, which was horrible. <laughs> I used to be terrified of it, but looking back now, like it's, a, it's an intense movie. It's like, it's, yeah. it's a lot going on. Um, but it's not just kind of like horror and jump scares really. So it's like mm. that, that survival part of it that makes it really entertaining. Um, but, uh. Yeah, aliens. I don't know. I, I guess like we're 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 both pretty new to that to that part of the genre. I guess. Yeah, I would be really curious if anybody has any recommendations for like alien horror. Might be a good place to start because I feel mm-hmm. like I've seen one or two that would sort of fall under that banner. Not to spoil, but I did see the one that came out this year that technically follow falls under that genre. Um, yeah, I would be really curious to hear if anybody has recommendations because I do feel like that's an area of horror that I would be open to exploring. And maybe mm-hmm. that's an area that we can explore together. Yeah. Um, do you have any other like kinds of horror that you know you want to keep trying? I'm a like uh what do you I'm like a broken record. Like any give me a girl <laughs> <laughs> who is insane. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'll I'll use Midsommar as an example. Like, give me a girl who's really just challenged and she's dealing with so many different things and ends up where everything is literally on fire and close up of her smiling is how it goes into the credits. Mm, Like, that kind of movies I'd like to explore Mm -hmm. more of. I think psychological horror with a main girl who comes Mm. out of it with either blood spewing everywhere or burning <laughs> burning down a house and she's just like the coolest top of the world in the most insane way <laughs> that deranged smile through the yes. end of it yeah i love it waiting for any recommendations on that <laughs> <laughs> there might be a letterboxed list or two that could uh steer yeah. you in the right direction yeah, but yes any so. recommendations please send them in yeah I also really want to, um, as I've started sort of learning more about film history and Mm -hmm. like exploring that whole side of the film world a little bit more, I really want to dig into some older horror. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the more serious stuff like the Hitchcocks, you know, Mm -hmm. Psycho, the birds, that kind of stuff, but also some of the maybe sillier stuff. I feel like there are some like horror monster movies from the same kind of era that you know you're not going to take them super seriously a because of the tech and b because they are giant monsters but those feel like maybe a fun place to explore where you know you're not facing down a hyper realistic situation that you're not gonna be able to get out of your head but Mm -hmm. you can i like i really want to learn a little bit more about the roots of horror in film so yeah no that's a that's a really great point i i feel like maybe we should you know what i haven't seen is the shining yeah me neither <laughs> that would Ooh, be a good how one are, how are we film podcasters and have not <laughs> seen the shining <laughs> listen we've seen lots of other things yeah yeah Just, yeah you know <laughs> um 
Yeah. We just spent a whole episode talking about why we don't watch horror movies. So yeah, no, exactly. us a little slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I Hitchcock actually. I don't, I can't believe I no, I didn't actually bring this up. Like Hitchcock movies are probably one of my all time like older movie f- movies that I love watching just in general, yeah. not just in like horror or thriller type thing. Um, I've seen like like Birds so many times, even though it's one of the most like traumatic experience I've had when I first watched it but like Mm. I love it I also I remember um when I first saw Silence of the Lambs as well I was Mm. I think in I think late middle school and it had a huge huge impact on me Um, I can imagine yeah oh my gosh yeah oh and Rosemary's Baby I totally forgot about that too like Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah there are so many like classic horror movies yeah yeah well we're actually i mean this is horror we're gonna go see house in november the 1977 japanese movie that's true that counts (laughs) yeah i definitely think that counts that's gonna be an interesting experience for us it's gonna be a first time watch i think for both of us right yeah it's been on my list for a very long time just never had the chance so i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm so happy that i get to see it with you yeah me too i think that's gonna be a lot of fun hopefully more fun than uh anything else (laughs) (laughs) more fun than scarring yeah i mentioned this earlier but i really do believe that going with the right person does make an impact on your experience watching horror. Um, Mm. I'm thinking back to like the summer when this is not like a movie, but sort of a series uh, fear street, which you and I have talked about a bit. Remember Mm. like on Netflix, it's so fun. And like, I watched it with my friend, Justin who like loves horror movies. And he's the kind of person that makes so much noise, (laughs) so much screaming and like physical reaction to jump scares. Mm that you just cannot help it but laugh in that moment so right. it completely kind of neutralizes the scary moment that i just saw and make it a fun experience mm-hmm. um so i think i've seen mo- like most of the horror movies and movie theater going experiences that were horror was with him because it's it saves me so um i hope we can be kind of that for each other but i'm also i'm not sure i feel like we're very quiet when we watch movies (laughs) yeah we are very quiet people yeah yeah i also watched the fear street movies with friends um we watched them together over zoom actually because we Mm -hmm. were at a place where we couldn't get together physically but my friends really like horror movies And so it was really great to have them reacting and like laughing at things because those are also like they're a little corny. They like really lean Mm -hmm. into the eras that they're going with and like kind of some of the cheese of that. And so having those moments of like, oh, my friends are laughing and we can all kind of be silly together in the middle of this scary movie. Scary. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, those ones were not necessarily uh the height of horror but yeah (laughs) it really does bring that like it helps take you out of a really tense moment or like brings that levity to it that yeah I I do think that you and I are a little bit more um internal sometimes with our reactions and we'll see how that goes but I think we could be good horror movie buddies yeah I think we've said this on the podcast too but I am gonna come over to your place 
Mm -hmm. And we are going to watch Suspiria. I am going to get you to watch Suspiria. Based on everything that you've said today, like, there's nothing about it that's honestly, like, remotely relatable (laughs) in terms of, like, the setting. And, like, it's Mm -hmm. so out there and it's all, I mean, it's Luca that's directed, Luca Guadagnino that's directed it. Like, it's Mm -hmm. all feel, you know? It does seem totally doable based on the way you've described it to me and it's really I mean there's some really gory moments but yeah I'm just (laughs) on record I'm gonna come over and we are gonna watch it (laughs) we're gonna make this happen (laughs) yeah I'm here for it maybe this time next year um we will be talking about all of the amazing horror movies that we watched in the last year (gasps) wow that's bold personal growth (laughs) I'm committing us to it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yes, yeah. Because this is, we we hopefully can have another horror episode this time next year that is leveled up. You're right. Yeah. Like, this is kind of an introductory, you know, this is where we are. So, uh, agreed. I, I will come on that journey. We will grow together. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. If you are feeling impatient, though, and you would like some actual horror... Uh, leading Mm -hmm. up to Halloween. There are an embarrassment of riches out there in the podcasting world. Um, I just wanted to shout out a few friends of the pod who are doing their own really great horror coverage this October. First of all, Real Latinos, uh, thank you for featuring us in your episode on La Llorona. Um, We really appreciate that. It was so sweet. And that is a great episode on the Guatemalan La Llorona, not one of the many remakes that have been I've heard pretty terrible um and that one is I think they were saying like a little bit more of a thriller than like a classic horror but using a lot of the horror elements that we talked about today so definitely check out that episode and give the movie a watch I also want to shout out Austin Danger Pod they are doing a scream journey this month Mm. and they are the first people who are finally getting me to watch scream for the first time in my life Wow. I don't think I could do it without my pals, Kevin McKenzie, but they're here, they're here for us, and I love that. And then the movie mixtape, Marcy and Dirk are doing a Final Girl mixtape, which is very appropriate for this time of year. And of course, couldn't not shout out 70MM, who are doing Haunt Vember, and they've got some very interesting choices this month. So shout out to all of them if you want some more like classic horror. Those are some places to check out. That sound that all sounds so exciting. Yeah. I love it. This is like this is helping like you said earlier helping me be able to like you know get a better sense of horror and the stories and the content of it before me just kind of plunging into them cuz that is not what I want to do. So that's exciting. Can't wait to listen. Yeah, we've got to a them. couple of a couple of guides along the way as we take yeah. this journey. And I feel like we have asked for many recommendations over the course of this episode. So if you have any on any of the above, please let us know. Um, We are committed to this horror journey that we have just decided to do right now. So we would love some help along the way. Yeah, I think we provided enough context to where we are and what we're comfortable with. So very Mm -hmm. excited to hear some recommendations from our listeners. Um, We are trusting you not to steer us wrong. Yeah, yeah, no trolling. Be kind, please. Potentially, we will step away from horror forever, unless you wish that on us. Yeah. (laughs) Be kind to us. Please be kind. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, okay, well, next time I think we're gonna go back to just cozy, which is the which is the area that we're more comfortable <laughs> with than horror. Yeah. That's the kind of fall that I was asking for, is a nice, warm, cozy fall. So yeah. I think we're going to get into that a little bit next time. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.